Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Listen more means to be God-centered. With people, if I'm going to listen more, it means I value you. I respect your value, your rights, your words, what you're thinking. Enough to be quiet and at least listen to those words. With God, it's the same thing. We're to listen to God and speak less. Because when God is going to speak to us, and He normally speaks to us through the Word of God, we're to give attention. We're to listen up. Pastor Mark will share with us in today's teaching that James tells us we should be swift to listen, but we also should be slow to speak. How many times have you blurted out something, only to regret it in the moment it left your lips? All of us have done this at least once in our lives, and we wish we could take those words back. How different our lives would be if we lived by this simple advice found in James. How many conflicts would be avoided if we followed this principle? If only we had a grip on this little bit of wisdom for the rest of our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, with his continuing study entitled, Listen More, Speak Less. Listen more and speak less with our friends. You need friends. Thank you for being in the community groups and in our study groups. You guys are awesome. I was sitting listening to one of those churches somewhere in, in, I think it was in Africa, in their church in Africa. Now, you know, we have probably maybe 200, 250 small groups. I'm very proud of that. I was listening to this guy speak. They have 4,000 small groups. Okay. Well, we're not that big, but I mean, is that amazing or what? Well, here we are right here. We're doing fantastic, but I need people. If I need to be around people, then I need to value what they're going to say to me. Iron sharpens iron. I need to be open to hearing them. It's not a one-way street. I need to value their wisdom. You've been in 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 a small group. And the facilitator is trying to get everybody to speak. But quite often, there's one person that speaks all the time. He said, Pastor Mark, that's me, because I have all the answers. This sermon is for you. (laughs) And sometimes, I, I mean, I used to lead small groups many, 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 many years ago. Sometimes I had to take the person aside, not in the group, after after a group, and say to them, you can't do that. Well, yeah, I can because I'm bringing value. No, you're dissing all the other people. They need to be able to speak. And I've even been to a place where I had to ask the person to leave because they would not stop. See, that's nothing but stinking pride. I need you, and you need me. 
And that's the way we work. Now, the last one's going to be strange to you. Listen more and speak less at work. I sound like a manager, don't I? Get to work. Just listen more. Don't quit speaking. Well, many, many years ago, it's probably 40 years ago now, I can't remember, I, I was director of pharmacy, and somehow, one of those God things, I got invited to the Wharton School of Business in Philadelphia. I mean, renowned around the world. And I had a two-week crash course in management with like a 30 or 40 other people from around the nation. It was fantastic. And one of the things they taught us to do was brainstorm. Now, what brainstorming is simply this. No one has all the answers. So here's how brainstorming worked. They would give us a problem, and then they would say that maybe there's 10 or 12 or 15 people in this big circle. They would say, here's the blackboard, and I want you to tell me what you think a solution is to it. So we had to think again. And so here were the rules. You could not say anything until it was your turn. So one and person would write it up on the board. And as they're writing what they think the solution is, you know, privately we're thinking, who's that idiot? That's ridiculous. Now, I couldn't say it. So I just had to think it. But that was a waste of time because my turn's next. So they would write all these things. Then they go around once and sometimes twice and sometimes three times. So you had this board full of amazing ideas. Some of them way out of bounds, but it teaches you to kind of think outside the box. And pretty soon, here's how the process worked. They'd get up there, and we'd have group discussion then, and you'd wipe them away and wipe them away and wipe them away and wipe them away and wipe them away. And you come with two or three, and at the end, you decided which one of those three was the best. See, that's why God has you at a place of work, to brainstorm. We do that in our management here. Get all the ideas. We have another step. There's somebody that knows more than that. It's called God. And we say, God, which of these seems to be the right way? So understand this this morning. I want you to take your finger. Everybody take a finger. Everybody take a finger. Okay, all the campuses, take a finger. And do what the picture says. Watch. There you go. Now, here, here. Everybody. I see you turning to your neighbor. This is not for your neighbor. It's for me. Shut up, Mark. You got it? So we're going to do this a few times now. So you don't go, shh, I want to talk. No, shh, I need to listen. So that's huge. As we go through this process, you're going to see that we can put it into practice. Now, what is James talking about? He's talking about listening more and speaking less. Not only with people. But now we transition to God. So write this down, all of our campuses. Listen more means to be God-centered. With people, if I'm going to listen more, it means I value you. I respect your value, your rights, your words, what you're thinking. Enough to be quiet and at least listen to those words. With God, it's the same thing. We're to listen to God and speak less. Because when God is going to speak to us, and he normally speaks to us through the word of God, we're to give attention. We're to listen up. Now, turn in your Bibles. Keep your finger. We'll be right back there. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10. Now, Jesus would speak some incredible principles to us. And that comes from a personal relationship. At the baptism yesterday, there were a lot of neat things that came out in the baptism. One of the things I really loved as I watched those people being baptized, two or three of them said this, 
I really didn't know much about Christianity, but I walked into the building. There was something different. The presence of God was there. Isn't it amazing to come to a campus here in Melbourne or Sebastian or Vera and the presence of God is here? Now, why is it? Well, we work really hard to get the presence here. No. Where two or three are gathered together, here he is. So what are we trying to do with worship? Respect him. Listen to him. So watch what Jesus says in verse 27. It's huge. My sheep, what's the next word? They listen to my voice. And how do we hear his voice mostly? Not only the inner promptings of the word, but of the Holy Spirit, but the written word of God. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. It's a personal relationship. And they follow me. Now, look at me. The purpose of listening with God is to obey You don't have to debate with God. Well, I don't think that's right, God. We'll talk about that later. No, no, no. The purpose of God is to listen and obey. That will be next week. We'll talk to you about how that goes. We'll go to Matthew chapter 7. Amazing application of listening and obeying. See, if we listen, don't obey. It's useless. What a waste of time. So listen and obey. That. So what do we see in that verse? We see in that verse that God still speaks today. Now, we all have been... You can't help it. This disappearance of a plane is just amazing to us. And as we watch this, I mean, the poor relatives, up, down, up, down, up, just horrible. So I was reading this. I even saw something this morning. Maybe, maybe, you know, everything's speculation. They say that the latest ping could have been when the plane was already landed somewhere. It was on the ground. Whoa, that changes it. How do you fly? What? Here's what he says. Theories and conspiracy theories continue to rage on about what really happened with the planet people. This is the leadership in Malaysia. Here's their last statement. There has been intense speculation. So many theories. So many ways that this thing could go. I want to tell you this morning, you don't live by speculation. We live by revelation of the Word of God. The answer to your life Your problem, your situation, your trial is found in the living Word of God. No speculation. It's the mind of God to us. You see, when we open the Word, God opens His mouth. He is speaking to you through me this morning. That's the amazing thing. And we don't have to go like, is there really a heaven Does everybody really die? Absolutely. And it's truth from the Word of God. Now, Jesus said this, and you already should understand this in Matthew 13. He who has ears, how many do you have? He who has ears, let him hear. Why was Jesus saying that? Jesus said that you listened to me, but you didn't hear what I said. Why do you call me? Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I just said. See, God is speaking to you. Work, family, marriage, friends. But now he's going to speak to us about our relationship with him. He speaks to us. My goal is to listen and actively listen, which means to obey. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, 
James, the brother of Jesus, remember, almost 30 years a skeptic, never believed in Jesus, lived with him, half-brother, never believed until after the resurrection. We're praying for the lost, our lost relatives, our lost friends, co-workers, people that we really know. Don't, Don't give up praying. God can save them. Nothing is impossible with God. Don't give up. Keep praying. Now, James heard Jesus say this. Take a look. Jesus said, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. See, the real you is not physical. The real you is spiritual. Of course we need bread. Of course we need, uh, you know, proteins and carbohydrates and fats and vitamins and all that stuff. But he says this, but he lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is that? That's the Bible. So every single word is what we live on. Understand this morning, the word of God is more essential to us than food. It's a lamp to my feet. It helps me take the next step, and, and it's a light to my path. It shows me, do I, do I go straight ahead? What's God planned for me? Is it there? Is it to the right? Is it to the left? That's the word of God. We can't live properly without reading and listening to the word of God. And then David writes this amazing statement. Look at it. Psalm 46. Watch this. Shh. Be still and know that I am God. What does David mean? Just be quiet, quit talking, and acknowledge God is speaking to you. That's what's happening right now. And that's what's to happen in our quiet times. Now, I don't have time today to go into a a great teaching on how to have a quiet time with the Lord. Some of you aren't even sure what that means. But let me give you a little scenario of it really quickly. A quiet time is simply this, where you sit with a Bible and a little notepad, and you read a little bit of Scripture. And we have, and I'll get to it in a moment, lots of different things for you to do. And from that scripture, basically I've learned this and I've been doing this for more than 40 years now. Take 15 or 20 minutes and, and, and you write down what God has said to you. I take smaller passages because I can't read personally. I can't read 10, 10 chapters and try to figure out what God said to me. I'll be there till midnight. So I read a small passage and then I say, God, what, what do you want me to apply? An encouragement, a correction, something I should do. Sometimes I have to ask forgiveness. <laughs> I spoke, didn't listen to my wife. You know how that is. All the, don't laugh. You know exactly how that is. And uh, some of you this morning, maybe tomorrow morning, you write, you know what? I, my kids probably think I don't value them because I never listen to them. Well, they know you love them. Well, show it. Listen to them. So that's what happens. And in 15, 20 minutes, you're done. What that means is Jesus would take his disciples and come apart, take time to rest and think. I, I do it in the morning, get up at six o'clock, that's my time to get up. If you're a night person, then do it at night. You can't do your devotion in bed. Hello? Did you understand that logic? If you're laying down, there ain't no devotion happening. That's happening. So find a way to, to get quiet and listen to God speak. So you can go there, and, and here, here's what you learn in the series. If we don't come apart and have a quiet time with God, our lives are going to come apart. Got it? Now, we have two things, sticky notes. Every Tuesday, some, one of the pastors writes eight application questions off of this teaching. Who's ever teaching on the weekend? And they're things for you to stimulate you, 
get you moving. Most of our small groups, our community groups, study those eight questions. So if you want to be really smart, get those early, get all the answers, and then when you go to your community group, you answer every one of them. Wow, don't do that. That's prideful. So second thing, six days a week, we have people writing a paragraph devotion that's about this teaching. They, They listen to it. They write scriptures. They expand it. It's fantastic. You can also get Charles Stanley or Chuck Swindoll or David Jeremiah or or Greg Laurie at Harvest.org. There's a million ways to do it. Just find a way to have a quiet time with God. When you do that, you're respecting God. You see, we can understand what God wants us to do. You'll discover his plans are always better his timing is not my timing, so I just have to give in to it. And his ways are never our ways. I just let him do what he does. And he wants to do that in your life just as he wants it to do it. So we're to ask God for his wisdom, then be quiet and listen. He'll give it to us. We're to read the word of God because it speaks to us. Now, when I listen more, what does that say about me to God and to people? Write these three keys down. This is what it says. This is what James after. Listen more. And speak less equals humility. It kills my pride. I got the answer. Let me speak. Humility, patience. God, why haven't you answered? Patience and respect. I respect God enough to give them the first part of my day. I value what he's going to say into my life. Now, let's go back to James 1.19, where we were, James 1.19. Now, we come to an area that's difficult for all of us. James says this, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and say it with me, all of our campuses right now, and slow to become angry. I'm, as a Christian, just like you, I'm in the process of becoming like him. Well, what is God's nature? Let me read it to you. Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. And he's abounding in love. Wow. Anybody here glad that God's slow to anger? Could could we see our hands? (laughs) Otherwise, we'd be ashes. It'd be over. Well, not only can I get angry with our family, and friends, that I can get angry at God. In fact, all of us as Christians have. God, why did you allow that to come into my life? What happened there? So why should we be slow to anger? Verse 20, look at it. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You see, how we live and how we speak is our witness to the world. God has changed my life. So I'm not an angry person. God's changed my life. If we're prideful and patient and angry, then we make God look bad. In the meeting I was at last week with my wife, we actually started at 8.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night. It was huge. It was amazing. One of those afternoons, they gave us a little break. And we went on a city tour of Panama. And uh, I was, Linda and I were sitting here, and there was another couple over here, and they were from uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand. And the guide was there, and then the driver. She knew we were from different churches around the world. And as we went through, 
she, she looked at this pastor from New Zealand and she said this, I know you're a Christian because I see it on your face and I can tell you love doing what you're doing. Is that powerful or is that powerful? That's powerful. In other words, she said, you're just not a pastor. I can tell you love God and you love doing what you're doing. And that opened the door for us. A lot of things happened. Since I was sitting next to her, I began to speak to her. And I get a little history of where she's at. Because, see, that's a divine appointment. And I said, you know, where are you in your walk with God? And we, we dialogued and talked. I gave her a card. He gave her a card for the church that she could watch. And I found out that she's a mother. She has a two-year-old. She used to live in New York, but she's come back home because her parents are there. And she's mid-20s. She works 15 hours every day, seven days a week. That's her lifestyle. And her two-year-old is there. Uh, the man who impregnated her doesn't want, he comes to see the boy, but he's not interested in getting her married. Getting married, just not it, so she doesn't live with them. So I just encourage her, get yourself in a church. I know it's difficult. You can watch online, 15 hours a day, single parent. Anybody think that's an issue? Seven days a week? You think we have trouble? And that's very little pay, very little pay. So as we walk through this, I just encourage you that God could bring a godly man into her life. This is an divine appointment. We love you. Thanks for those comments. We made sure we gave her a nice tip at the end, all of us. Why? Because we want to be generous, because God was generous. You see, when people see that we've been changed, it's a huge witness. It cannot work if we're angry. Tell me how many marriages you know have been destroyed by an angry spouse more than you and I even want to think about. So we're told to be slow to anger. Well, how can I do that? How does that work? Well, one of the things that we have to be careful about is this. As a Christian, write this down. Trials can cause us to be angry at God. God, why didn't you do this? And why did you do this? But when we begin to think about that, We have to go back to the Word of God. What did we learn in the first part of James? We learned that God allows trials in our life. He allows them to come so we can learn to trust God. We can get our spiritual faith exercised, and we can learn to endure and then become mature. And not only are we to endure, we're supposed to. Remember we talked about that? We're to welcome trials because we know God's doing good things in us. But at the time... I've been there and you've been there. God, what are you doing here? I can't be angry at God because God's in control and he's going to work all things out for my good. Ouch. Were you convicted by what Pastor Mark taught from James in today's message? How often do you speak or think of what you're going to say before the other person even finishes their sentence? We were challenged to listen more and speak less. It means changing how we interact with others and God. It shows humility, patience, and respect. How would this change our relationship with God and with others? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Be sure and tune in next time on Lessons for Living when Pastor Mark will challenge us to listen more, speak less, and be slow to anger. What would happen in our relationships if we changed our behavior? If when a trial came into our lives, we would sit and listen to God instead of becoming angry? God will answer us with His words, His encouragement, and His peace. But we must sit and listen for His voice. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us